Boy, I was just reminded as uh, as I was listening there. What was it, Lord? <laughs> yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, you remember a few weeks ago I had said, how do we know if we're even being successful? Because it's really not butts and seats, right? Can we be honest? I mean, it's not, well, okay, you got a bunch of people coming, but if 10 of them love Jesus, then you got a church of 10. You know, and, and but how what I said was, how do we know for being successful stories, stories of transformation? And so listening to Dee and Marlon there and just how the Lord has shifted their hearts. Uh, that's what you want to hear. You know, people that are connected to the vine and then bearing fruit of being with Jesus. And I was reminded of that this morning in the book of Acts. They said that, you know, they were all uneducated or whatever. They didn't. They lacked according to the natural means, but they knew that they had been with Jesus. And so that's what we're after. Father, thank you this morning for the good word of God. Thank you for the authority that we have in the word as the Holy Spirit breathes and speaks in and through and upon the scriptures, Lord, then full authority is released. Full authority is released. And we just thank you for that. Lord, teach us, grow us here in the gospel of John. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you're new around here, we're those who live connected to Christ, be a new covenant economy, getting our identity from Him, which empowers us to put God on display and disciple others. I want to do a little bit of recap because we've been on the centrality of Jesus for over two years. I think maybe two and a half, a couple of years anyway. And we started with Noah's person. You know, we... It's like the Lord said, anything that's not centered on me, you need to get rid of it, is what he was telling us. And center everything on me. Let me be the foundation of Grace Church. And so we, we launched into, if we're going to be Jesus followers authentically, we need to know his person. So we started there. And then know his mission. What did he come to do? And then thirdly, know his teaching. And we've spent a lot of time on know his teaching, you know, truth and uh, and the Holy Spirit, the things that He's delivered to us. And now we're moving in to know His authority. And what's interesting is we had these uh, four areas two and whatever years ago. He, he, he had the whole plan. We didn't know when it would happen and so forth. But very exciting that as we go into 2024, we've landed on let's know His authority as Christ followers. Because the best way we sense to facilitate understanding the authority we have is understanding Scripture. Because you remember in, uh, in the wilderness, Jesus rebuked Satan himself using Scripture. Right, it is written. And when the, when the Spirit of God executes the Word of God, that's, that's when the authority of God is manifest. So, but if we don't know the scriptures well, if we don't know the word and understand the word, how can we even know what what we believe the Holy Spirit is telling us is true? Does that that make sense to you? And so the Lord's really tying uh, this Bible revival to authority because it's tied to knowing the scriptures and then walking with the spirit who administrates, breathes upon, uh, speaks through and over the Word of God. 
so anyway, I, I just love how this is falling for us as a church body. And what we wanted to do is begin with the Gospel of John. And as a church, we'll go through it together. And, you know, I've left it on the sign. I don't know how long I'll leave it there. But I, I really do believe in this whole Bible revival. I think that it's important that within the body of Christ here in uh, central Oklahoma and certainly in America, we could do with growing in our knowing of Scripture and growing in our, in our understanding of uh, Scripture. And as we do that, we walk with the Holy Spirit, I think we'll see the authority of Christ revealed. So um, we're going to go through the Gospel of John. I don't know how long it's going to take. It may take us all year to get through John because the goal is not to get through it. The goal is to commune with the Lord as we go through it as a, as a church family. And you may say, well, Brother Steve, I already got my Bible plan. That's fine. But hear my heart. I am inviting you. I'm asking you, would you be a part of what we're doing? Would you just make the time to go through John with us so that we can kind of see it together, share our observations together? I'm going to ask a couple of people at the end of today's message what their observations of today's service are because I want to, I want to explain something to you. Reading the Bible, and I encourage you to even maybe write this down. I probably put it, should have put it on the screen. But at Grace Church, listen to me. Reading the Bible is an act of listening to the Holy Spirit. Reading the Bible through in a year and then never remembering anything that was ever pointed out to you, or maybe nothing was, because all you did is you read the thousand words and checked the box off and off to work you went. That is, that is not what we're talking about. The Pharisees memorized Scripture, but when the Word stood right in front of him, they hated him. Now come on, somebody. Are you, are you tracking with me? Reading of Scripture is not some religious thing we do. At Grace Church, reading Scripture is listening to the Holy Spirit. They go hand in hand. When we read Scripture, we listen to the Holy Spirit. Number two, we connect with Christ. Because in John 5, 39 and 40, Jesus said, You pour over the Scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, but you won't come to me that you could have it. Okay, so the purpose of Scripture is to connect you with Christ. And then thirdly, Everybody say, I love Brother Steve, no matter what. <laughs> Thirdly, when we read Scripture, it's so we'll do what he says, that we'll obey him. So we're going to read it. Read the Bible as an act of listening to the Holy Spirit, connecting with Christ, and then obeying his, his truth, doing the things that he asks us to do. It's one thing to eat the word. And you, you may go through, eat the word. And, but if you never hear the voice of the Lord and do what he's actually sharing with you to do, then what, what just happened? I mean, maybe you, maybe you memorized uh, some scripture. And that's not all bad. I mean, you've got to rightly divide all that. But when we feed on Christ, like John chapter 6 says, and we're feeding on Christ, we're sitting with Christ in his word on a daily basis. Um. That's one thing. It's another thing to actually do the will of the Father. In other words, bow your will to, to His. And I don't want to get off into the weeds here, but the truth is, if you're a born-again Christian, your will has been transformed. You really love God. Now, what you have is old flesh, old patterns, 
you've been trained by the world, by the, the flesh, and sometimes it feels like we'd really rather do our own thing. I totally get that. But man, my, my will is a slave to righteousness now. So when I do blow it, I know it immediately. And I want to come back and walk in his way. But where do you get that, Steve? You're saying we should feed on Christ, but then you're saying we should do what he says. In John chapter 4, verse 32, Jesus said something very profound. He told the disciples, I have food you don't know about. Remember that? And then in 34, he said, my food, one of the ways I feed on God is I do the will of my Father. So when we're feeding on Him, whether it's eat the Word or we're just sitting with Him in His presence, part of you feeding on Him is doing what He says. Well, don't shout me down, everybody. <laughs> it's a good word, right? We want to do, do what He says. That's one of the ways we feed on Him. All right, now, three ways that we make Reading the Bible, an act of listening to the Holy Spirit, connecting with Christ and doing what He says. I actually did put it up there. just didn't remember. Uh, one of the ways is SOAP, and that acronym is Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Storing is another tool we've introduced, and then Eat the Word. And uh, if you don't know what these are, you can go to right here, gracechurch.community slash m28-podcast. And listen to the Building in His Presence series. These are just some tools. If you prefer your own way of reading Scripture and sitting with the Holy Spirit, then by all means, use that. I like, I like using uh, these, and, and I particularly like soap probably the best, at least right now. Um, maybe because it's newest to me. But uh, I like using them because it helps us converse. It gives us a little bit of common language. I repented a couple of weeks ago that I've been preaching for 25 years at Grace Church, and I've been sitting with the Lord a long time, but I never, I never came up with something that was reproducible because I don't, I don't want to just teach you. I want to help and train you. I don't want you just living off of my voice. I want you trained to hear the Lord's voice. Does that make sense? I want you to be able to hear and feed off of him, not just live off Steve's words. And then, man, I can't wait for Sunday and get back and hear Steve preach some more. We're not trying to train you to hear messages. We want you connected to the voice of the Lord yourself. Amen. So I like using these because it gives us common language and it's easily reproduced. It's easily shared with other people. And I've said this a few times. I've loved getting to know many of you better because on that app, the church app of Building in His Presence, you post, you know, the things that the Lord's sharing with you. And I just, I think it fosters community. Uh, I think I gave you, yeah. So remember, if you want to know more, there's detailed explanations of soap, storing, and eat the word there at gracechurch.community and the M28 podcast. And, and if you're interested in eat the word, show up to East OCRC tomorrow night. Uh, you got to sign up. Don't show up. What times it? What times it start? Six thirty. Okay. Uh, so that's tomorrow night. As I said, listening to the different stories, and then if you look at D and what D is sharing and what's happened with her, she said immediately when we were conversing about it by text that uh, she has said yes to the Lord this year. What's the difference? What, what's happened? Why did she feel unequipped? when she was there and and Gretchen's health was failing, and then she felt so equipped and so confident. 
when the atheist friend, uh, the Holy Spirit prompted her to pray for her. What was the difference? Well, she told you. She said, I have said yes to the Lord this year. <laughs> I am feeding on him, fully, fully surrendered to him. I stay plugged into the vine every day. I spend time with Jesus. And she's one of the ones, her and her daughter Ashley, that have shared a lot of their soaps with us. And uh, it's just been great seeing what the Lord's doing there. It doesn't happen by osmosis. We need to abide in Christ, then ways as we get conformed to His ways, His characters formed in us, which we're all predestined on that journey, and then we do the works of the Lord. And to have an atheist just taken back at how the power of God removed that illness, I mean, that's no small thing, man. I mean, that's what we're talking about. And I know with the elders, we've been praying for these things. We've been praying and praying and praying and beseeching the Lord. Uh, we want to grow, Lord, in our relationship with you to the point that we understand authority and that we see mountains moved. We see yokes broken off of people's lives. Because can I get a witness? Even though Jesus never healed, so people would just come up with some worship of healing, or let's build a formula or something. He, he healed so people would know the healer. At the same time, it does get people's attention. It really does. When they sense the power of God or he heals them, uh, it can connect them to the healer. And that's the ultimate goal. So um, and the purpose in all these tools is connecting us to Christ's spirit, just like the Bible does. <laughs> the Bible is a tool. How many of you are grateful for the Bible? That God gave us scripture and it's a tool to connect us to Christ. I love that. And as I said earlier, we can't really know if what we're hearing from the Holy Spirit is biblical or not if we don't know the word. The word is the final authority. So we build on the word. We don't build on our feelings. Amen. <laughs> we, don't, we don't build on what the culture says. Because I'll tell you right now, what the culture says is wisdom is a far cry from what this book says is wisdom. And so we got to make a decision. Who's the final authority? You know, is it, is it TV? Is it the media? Or is it the Word of God? And so that's where, I, that's where I, I think the Lord is going with this Bible revival. And like I was experiencing this morning, Lord, I want to bend to your Word. I want your Word to be the final say. You know, meekness is a great character trait a great strength uh, in, the, in the spirit. And what it is, is, Lord, when, when I want to respond a certain way, I'm going to forsake that and ask you, what do you want to do? Like, here, here's what's going on. You know, Waylon's at school. Somebody bad mouths him or shoves him down or something like that. Meekness says, Lord, I want to do this, but I'm going to ask you first, what do you want to do? What's your view of this situation? What's your view of the young man that just pushed me over? Meekness. So we grow in those things as we grow in the, in the Word. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, God gave us Scripture so He could teach Scripture to us, not so we'd try and figure it out without Him. We've seen that done so many times and so many people hurt because they don't have the spirit of the letter. Amen? They don't know the author of the letter. Very important. All right, let's go to John chapter 1, all right? You're like, Steve, get there. Come on. 
John chapter 1, 1 through 5. You've been sitting with it all week long. I can't wait to hear about your observations because this is not some teaching center. This is a training center. For what? For people to hear the voice of the Lord and grow up in Christ. Amen. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Oh, I love that one. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I love that one too. There's, there is so much here. And we may be in verse 1 through 5 for a couple of weeks, which is A-OK, amen? So here's a little background on John Uh, the Gospel of John. The other three Gospels are more chronological accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. You'll notice that in in, uh, some of the other Gospels, they'll begin with uh, genealogy, for example. John begins with the deity of Christ and who the Son of God really is. That's how he uh, starts out, the revelation of Christ. Gentiles haven't really been brought in yet, and so this is you know, a lot to the Jews. And what he's saying is, is, hey, Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is God. He's one with God, which is John chapter 10, verse 30, uh, as we'll read on later. Sorry. We know from verse 14 in John chapter 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt Among us, we know John's talking about Jesus the Christ is the Word of God. That's what he's saying. And in verse 12, if you, you know, read on ahead to those that he's writing to, he's saying, had you received him, if you'd have just received him, verse 12 says to as many as received him, he gave the authority, the right, the power to become children of God. Born not of the flesh, nor the will of man. uh, Born not of blood, but born of God. Okay, so what's he saying there? If you'd have received him, you'd have the authority to become his child. Had you received him, the word would have become personal to you. The word that was expressed to you, that was delivered to you, would become personal and relational. The word would come alive in you. If you what, everybody? If you received him. And I'm not going to share on this. I'll get into it later. But that's when Logos becomes Rhema. And for those of you that have already eaten the Scripture and and, uh, gone into Bible Hub or to Strong's Concordance, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. That Word in the Greek is Logos. Logos becomes Rhema when it's received when it's comprehended, when it's, when it's uh, taken in forcefully, passionately. I'll show you that in Scripture. I love that. When it's aggressively owned, God presents the Word to you. When it's aggressively owned, it moves from Logos to Rhema. Rhema actually inverts faith in you to walk out your obedience. 
So D, living connected to the vine, keeps hearing the voice of the Lord and that logos is not just being presented to her and she's not comprehending it, she's not accepting it. It's becoming rhema. Rhema's in birthing faith and now she's praying for, for people that don't even believe in God. Praying for their healing. Why? She has faith. Why? Because she's been listening. Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... Is the word there logos or is it rhema? It's rhema. When you apprehend what God speaks to you through His Word, when you take it in, it becomes alive in you. It becomes rhema and He delivers faith in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here's a great reference in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Mary. How many of you know she took God at His Word? She received what was presented to her. Luke 1, 38, she said the famous line, Be it unto me according to your word is that rhema or is it logos it's rhema be it unto me according to your rhema and that rhema word in birth faith in mary who's a teenager and who's going to face you know well what about i mean she's pregnant who's the guy what happened what went wrong you know all that stuff she's going to have faith to walk this out because she's hearing the voice of the lord and taking it in. Amen, somebody? Amen. Let me ask some of you uh, that do eat the Word. Anybody see a list in 1 through 5? Anybody see a list regarding... I'll give you... Who, who, what do you got? What's the list? Well, I just went to look for it. I saw God, Word, Light, and Life. <laughs> God, Word, Light, and Life. Okay, all descriptive of God. Yeah. The one I was seeing... Is Christ? Does anybody see a list of the uh, character traits of Christ in this? Christ was number one in the beginning. Christ was the Word. Christ was the uh, the Word that was with God. How about this? Christ was God. I think that's four of them. Uh, Christ made all things. Christ is life. Verse 4. Christ is the light of men. Christ shines in the darkness. And the darkness didn't comprehend it. Didn't aggressively take it in. There's a a great cross-reference here in John 3. You can read if you want. 16 through 21. Jesus talks about darkness and light. And this darkness here is not talking about the universe. You know, it's outer space darkness. This is the spiritual darkness condition of a human heart but when man when steve's darkness apprehended logos when i took christ in aggressively as my own he became rhema and he lived in me but in john 3 he talks about the spiritual this is condition of a human heart apart from the light and life of christ that they love the darkness more than the light they wouldn't comprehend it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't grab it. They wouldn't receive it. But I love this list right here. Jesus Christ was in the beginning. He was the Word. He was with God. He was God. He made all things. He is life. He's the light of men. And number eight, He's the light that can conquer darkness. He can conquer the spiritual condition of a human heart that has not received the light, life, 
uh, in the Word of God. Amen. Because the darkness can't, can't cast out the light. If you'll welcome it in, then the darkness has to go. And you, isn't it great to know that when you stumble and when you dip your toe in the darkness like you shouldn't, that, he, that, that that darkness can't overtake the light that's in you. And that's why we get up. That's why we keep going. Everybody in this room makes mistakes. One of the great things that Ron Bridges said when he first got here was, well, if it's found out about you, what's found out about the rest of us? And that is that we need Jesus desperately. <laughs> then come on in. Right? So we're on the journey together. Remember, if you, if you stub your toe, you, you dip your toe in darkness, remember that that darkness cannot overtake the light that's in you. Hallelujah. Christ has won your heart. He's laid claim to your heart. Let's look at this. This is amplified in John chapter 1. I just want to reread it to you. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. Isaiah 9, 6. Anybody know what it is? For unto, for unto us a, a child is born and a son has been given. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through Him. And without Him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines on in the darkness for the darkness has never overpowered it. Never put it out. Never absorbed it, appropriated it. The darkness was unreceptive to it. That's the amplified version i love how john begins this with in the beginning was the word does the phrase in the beginning sound familiar in genesis in the beginning was the word so he's revealing the divinity of jesus christ that he is the son of god it is his divine name the word which is related to his divine purpose the word did not become the word was in the beginning with God. Jesus Christ has always been, just like the Father and the Spirit have always been. Um, now, you've got Father in heaven, great big God, right? He's pretty big, holds the, the universe in the expanse of his hand, so he's bigger than us. But he's got to somehow communicate who he is and what his thoughts are to us, because we're living in darkness from the fall, okay? So he's got he's to reveal himself to us. Maybe I could use the word little ants or little sheep. Dumb sheep. And, and you've got this great big God, this infinite God, who's made, I mean, universes, galaxies, let alone planet Earth. I couldn't make a planet Earth. But he's, he's made far beyond that. But Stephen, he's got to somehow communicate. He's got to get a word to me. <laughs> he's got to somehow convey his thoughts and ideas to us down, down here. My goodness. So how is he going to do it? How's he going to convey it, guys? Through his word. Through his word. Because why? Words communicate. Every human being has been spoken to by God. You cannot tell me, well, I've never heard His voice. Jesus Christ is the Word delivered to you. He is God's Word to you. 
He even said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He even said, everything I say, I'm getting from Him to you. Does this make sense to you? He, he is God's Word. The expression of the thoughts and ideas of this God in the universe, this incredibly big God delivered straight to you. I love it. Jesus said that the words he speak come straight from the Father. Did you notice he didn't send you a text message? God didn't text you, hey, I love you, man. He didn't even write it in a book. He didn't send you a book and say, hey, you know, read about this. Here you go. Because he didn't even use a textbook. See how I did that? Textbook or textbook. <laughs> Why? Why didn't he send Waylon a text message? Why didn't he just put his revelation of who he is just in a book? You want to know why he didn't? Because he loves Waylon and Waylon is not a book. Waylon is not a text message. Waylon is not a textbook. He is a human being. So guess what the word was delivered in? Human form. Now that right there has won my heart. I'm already arrested in front of you. I'm arrested. That he would love me that much. That when he needed to get his word to me in a way that maybe I could understand, maybe I could comprehend, he gave the word in human form. So be it. Selah, right? Selah, everybody. Ponder these things again and again. Think about, you're, I know you can't fathom it, but you're the God of this incredible universe, these galaxies. You're so big, but you, you love your creation. And they stumbled in the garden. They fell away. They have no clue. They're all in darkness. They have no idea who you are. And so what do you got to do? I got to convey my thoughts and ideas. What, what's the conveyance of a thought and idea? It's a word. He sent his word in human being form. That is enough to send me on to heaven. <laughs> Just, Lord, I'm so in love with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the word logos in the Strong's Concordance. Or if you use Bible Hub, 3056 is the number. Logos is a word embodying an idea. Logos is God's divine utterance, the expression of a thought. Logos is Christ expressing the thoughts of the Father through the Spirit. God is Spirit. He's unseen. He's got to deliver His thoughts and ideas towards humanity who are in darkness and are pretty dumb <laughs> as sheep. <laughs> and here you go. Christ expressing the thoughts of the Father through the Spirit. Do you understand? Jesus Christ is the revelation of the knowledge of God in human form. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 1.18. You can read it this afternoon if you want. I, like I said, I don't know how long it'll be till we get there. But verse 18 says this. No one has seen God at any time. But the one and only begotten Son who originates right there rests in the uh, bosom of the Father. He has disclosed Him to us. Aren't you glad? I never saw Jesus putting sickness and disease on people. I never saw Him cursing everybody. He cursed a fig tree, but not a human being. 
Colossians 1.15 says he's the uh, visible representation of the invisible God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says the ex- he is the express image of the nature of God. You want to find some great you know, cross-reference to what John's building here, um, read Colossians chapter 1. Because Paul is writing about the preeminence of Christ. And it's, it's awesome. Awesome, awesome. And that's where you know, I, I quoted verse 15. He's the uh, visible representation of the invisible God. He loves you. And he delivered himself, his thoughts towards you through a word. And that word came in human form. There's a great question. I'm going to wrap this up because I want to get to a couple of you and just ask for your observations. But is there a difference between Jesus Christ, the Word, and the Holy Scriptures? Because I want you to notice here in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What's the next word? He. Okay, so there is a difference. Was the Bible present in the beginning? No, it wasn't present. Okay, but the Bible contains the Word of God. The Bible is how we were able to grasp and begin to see Christ is the Son of God. Does that make sense to you? Okay, so the Bible wasn't in the beginning with God, but the Word of God has always been, and the Bible contains the Word of God. You might know this one from 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is God-breathed, inspired by God, written by those inspired of the Holy Spirit, and it's profitable for doctrine and, you know, training in righteousness and to grow us up in all aspects into Christ. I'm thankful for the Bible because it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It leads the way to Christ. And the only reason I'm drawing this distinction again is because the Pharisees, they had memorized much of the Scripture, the, you know, the Torah, the first five books, and when the Word came, they, they hated Him. They, hated him. They, they missed Him. And so that's why, again, I'm going to restate this because I think it's super important to the culture of our church is that uh, we view reading the Bible as listening to the Holy Spirit. And we view reading the Bible as connecting to the living Christ. And we view reading the Bible as learning to do what the Lord asks us to do. Amen? We're not just interested in who can read the most, quote the most, memorize the most. Man, get, uh, when you sit in Scripture, sit with the author. Let him teach you. Let Him grow you in all aspects. Yeah, amen. You want to know why this is, guys? It's not just in John 5, 39 and 40 that Jesus said the Scriptures should bring you to me. How about the road to Emmaus? They didn't even recognize it. He said, these testify of me. These testify of me. And that's what we love about the Scripture and the Word of God. Only God can reveal God. That's why Jesus Christ is called by God, His Word. Because only God can reveal God. Why do we have so many ideas about who God is, you know, through the universities and the schools and all this stuff? Because man likes to make God in his own image. So don't give me some person's revelation of who God is. You give me God's revelation of Himself. And God's revelation of Himself is Jesus the Christ, delivered as a word from God in human form. Come on, let's give Him praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Jesus Christ is God's perfect and personal revelation of who God is. I don't need some fancy theologian's definition. I want to get who God is delivered to me by God. Only God can reveal God. And I can't even see it, even in Scripture or Christ Himself, apart from the Holy Spirit. Nobody knows the things of God apart from the Spirit of God. Love that. Man tends to love his own ideas about God. And that's why I was saying to you this morning, I really want to grow in, Lord, anything found in me, right, wrong, indifferent, I want to bow it, uh, I want to bend to your word. The, the word is the final authority for me, Lord. Because man tends to try to shape God to do what, to be who we want him to be. So we can do the stuff we want to do. Or at least we think sometimes we want to do. The best way to know God is to let Him show you through Jesus Christ, through the Scriptures, through the Holy Spirit. And see, this this makes sense. It correlates that God's always striking the death nail to religion, to man's independence of Him. What do I mean by that? God says, you want to know me, you need me to know me. Not, Not independent, religious, jargon or viewpoints of who i am if you everything god's doing is to show you you need him do not live independent of me you want to know me you need me you want to bear fruit you need me jesus said in john 15 4 apart from me you can do nothing annie in the greek nothing means nothing you can do nothing apart from him. Do you see where he's going with this? So he's going to deliver Logos, the word, and to as many as would receive him, we discover how much we need him. Religion is so hideous. It's ugly that this independent mindset that somehow man's going to comprehend God on our own. We cannot comprehend or know God apart from God. You want to be saved? You need me. You want to be healed? You need me. I remember when he told the Pharisees, if you would admit you're blind, your sins would be forgiven. But because you say you can see, your sin remains on you. Man has to be delivered from our independent, self-sufficient, deceptive spirit. Because if you look in the Garden of Eden, that was the fall. The fall was we declared independence from God. We didn't need Him to be like Him. So everything since then is bringing you back to being a a branch that's dependent and reliant upon the vine. Okay? Make sense? All right. Mary Bell, would you come? I'm going to have Mary Bell share just what an observation. And it doesn't have to be through uh, the Scriptures, Mary Bell. It can be through worship. But observation of service today, just something the Lord showed you today. Hey, guys. So first I wanted to share with my son uh, the observation he made. So when Pastor Steve started reading it off the uh, New King James Version, my son said, Mom, I just made an observation. I said, okay, write it down. And so he did. And his observation was that without the word, we would be so lost. That's right. And the fact that he's hey. 11 and he understands that, <laughs> man, that's good. Um, that's it. Without the word, we'd be so lost. Um, Amen. The, the observation that I have with these verses is um, verse 5, where it says, the, um, And the, the light, light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So in, my, in the version that I'm used to reading it, it says, um, 
and the darkness has not overcome it. And why that stands out to me is because it doesn't say it has not overcome it yet. It just says it has not overcome it. And so if Christ lives inside of you, that light, that faucet is inside of you. And so it doesn't matter if you trip and you think, oh, man, like I've I've screwed up and I can't come back from this Mm -hmm. and I'm far gone. The Lord doesn't want me anymore. The darkness has not overcome the light that is inside of you. Like there's no end or buts about it. Like you don't go back into darkness. You stay in the light because the light stays in you. And so anyways, that verse has always stood out to me. And it's a really, really good verse. Amen. Thank you. Somebody on this row, Larry, Laura. All right. You don't have to stand. Okay. You stay right there. Uh, the observation I made was in the same verse, but it was in connection to the first. Okay. Because the tense in the beginning, it's all about was. So you, it's it's the past. Oh, gotcha. And now mm-hmm. we just got you know we're we're in the present, but but and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it is present, present Amen. tense. Yeah. So it, <laughs> John, in his writings, changed it. Yeah, it didn't, from the past it didn't say to... the light uh, shines or did shine, mm-hmm. did that. It's now. He brought it into the it's present. It's now. Amen. And so it, it does pair with Maribel's. But um, I love that it always, always speaks to us currently and presently. Amen. Well said. He Amen. was and is and always. And is to come, Amen. right? Amen. Give the Lord a hand. <laughs> present tense. So yeah, she's just talking about the the tenses of the verb, was, 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 and then the light shines, uh, present tense, in the darkness, and could not comprehend it. Amen. So I think that's important. I want to do some more of that as we go through the Gospel of John together, simply because it's, you know, it's one thing if you say, what was your observation of the service? And somebody says, well, it was a great service. (laughs) Versus somebody says, when you read John chapter 1, verse 2, my heart leapt within me, and immediately the Holy Spirit showed me this, and I changed my mind about this. That, that's, what, that's what we're talking about. We're growing up in all aspects. Let's go ahead and stand. Scott, you can come. or uh, Sorry, Matt, you can come. Pick on the guitar uh, for us. Mary Bell touched on the word phos. I don't know if you heard it. P-H-O-S, it's the word light. We'll get into some of that next week. It's where we get the word phosphorus. Uh, very bright and uh, defining light. Anything else? Anybody want to share anything before? Okay, yeah. Okay, Anita. Come on, Anita. Where's the... Okay. Okay, what does it say? This was taken this morning after Steve and the church lifted him up in prayer. So this is John and Courtney's baby, right? Yes. He hasn't looked this good in over a week. God bless you all. Yeah, he's smiling. (laughs) Awesome. The word is alive. What's the baby's name? Is it Matthew? Okay, I had it right. Jathita? Yeah. (laughs) You need a microphone, Jathita? I don't know where it is. Here it is. Man, hold on just a minute. Father, thank you for Matthew. Thank you for what you've done and that his little lungs, Lord, are starting to strengthen and and just light up, Lord, with your foss and your glory. And thank you that he's smiling and his eyes are open. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name. Okay. Jathita. Praise the Lord. 
praise God. Hey, just uh, during service, when everyone was praying for everyone up here, um, and I was praying out with everyone, um, I decided, oh, I'm just going to pray for my shoulder. <laughs> okay, yeah. And it's been hurting for months, and my neck, it's, I guess it's all connected. And um, anyways, the Lord healed it, and he, he completely got rid of the pain. I can't even make it hurt during service. Really? But like, now you can move it all yeah, around? Yeah, Come so on, somebody! Like, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> 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 Amen. Well, come on with it. Yeah. Sorry, team. I know we were this close. Testify. Um, What spoke out to me today was talking about the difference between Logos and Rhema. Yeah. And the Father really spoke to me about who is needing to change their level of maturity. Sure. Um, Because he was really saying a lot of us think in our heads that we have arrived at Rhema, but we've only dipped our toe in the water. We have only just barely seen what the possibilities are you used a phrase something about accepting the word with like um, oh aggressive yes with the aggressive yeah yeah, just like with that aggressive abandon and i just was overcome with how many of us get stuck in thinking that we've arrived but we aren't being aggressive enough and that our maturity is being stunted because of that and we have just barely seen the cusp of what the father can really do in our hearts if we start to be more aggressive Amen. with the word and taking it in. Woo! Now hold on. Hold on. Okay. And so next week, I think we will get into that, the word comprehended. And you guys can look at it this week, but that's where it's aggressively lay hold of, take as your own. Um, if that's you, I want, Michelle, I want you to pray because that's such a sweet word. It's a firm word, but it's a sweet word from the Lord. If you're here this morning and you'd say, that's me, Brother Steve, I've just been really passive. I've just, maybe you've been like D. And you're just kind of going through the motions or asleep uh, on things. Man, receive this prayer as Michelle leads us. Go ahead. Father God, let us be aggressive. Let us run and dip in the word with wild abandon. Let us seek out your word with the same aggression and passion that you seek after us. Amen. Father, I pray that you will speak to the hearts of those of us who have just barely begun to understand and fully grasp who you are. Or those of us who have taken a break, Father, maybe we took a step back because life gets busy. Hmm. But, Father, there is always time for us to be aggressive, (laughs) God. And I pray that you will call us into that and show us how to do it because you set the example of what it is to aggressively seek after the one that you love. Let us seek in the same maturity, Father. Take us from infants, from newborns, and graduate us into mature Christians who are aggressively passionate about who you are and what you provide. And let us hide those words in our heart, Father, and bury them deep in our souls, Lord, so that we can continue to grow and mature in who you've called and created each one of us to be in your body. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. You know what he said? No, 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 you can't leave. He said aggressively pray for her. So I'm going to ask some uh, ladies if you'd come. Would you mind if we pray for you? And I'm just going to say, if you're passionate about this just like she is and you want prayer, come stand up here with her. Uh, But yeah, ladies, come. Let's lay hands on her. The Lord's doing this. We're going to bless what he's doing. Because when you walk out of here, Michelle, you will not be the same. You will not be the same. Praise God. Thank you. Right here. Right here. Thank you. Church, just stretch your hands towards her. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for aggressive passion for your word. With the same passion you love us, Lord. 
same passion you love us with. My goodness, Lord, all over this room, Lord. All over this room. Amen. That's right. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will be satisfied. Lord, ratchet up our hunger, our thirst, Lord, and just our commitment to follow through with what you're leading us to do, Lord, aggressively in the Word, aggressively with the Spirit, aggressively with the truth, Lord, passionate, passionate about Christ. Thank you, Father. Ooh, my goodness, Lord. Amen. Yep. Lord, give us a holy intolerance for the things that distract us from you, Lord, that try to snuff out our passion. My goodness, Lord. My goodness. Yeah, I hear the Lord saying that as they're praying for her. Some of you throw off that cloak of complacency and put on the cloak of intentionality. I'm reminded of blind Bartimaeus. He threw off that beggar's coat before he was even healed because he knew what was fixing to happen. Father, in this room, Lord, we take off the, the coat, the cloak, excuse me, the cloak of complacency and replace it with the cloak of intentionality. Lord, no other gods before or beside you. No other sources, Lord, before or beside you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I believe Michelle's never going to be the same. Many in this room, never the same. Never the same. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Let it not be, <clears throat> men, that a woman has to get up here and tell us to be aggressive for the things of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> I will stand up for my sister, and uh, Amen. no, we're not doing this like this. So, I got to apologize to you guys. Two weeks ago, I stood up here. And I did not deliver a message the way it was intended to be delivered. Gentlemen, it is time that we stand up and do exactly what's being spoken here. Amen. I love how my brother Steve brings us in here. And he's such a kind-hearted shepherd. But guys, that's enough. I'm going to tell you. I've had two people approach me in the last couple of weeks. And they were asking for help. And one of them talked to five people before he got to me. And he was sleeping in the cold in sub-degree temperatures. Uh, uh, that will not happen here. Amen. Why is that happening? Mm. This is not condemnation. This is listen to the word. This is what we're talking about. The word has to become rhema. It will change our lives. Mm. What was the scripture that we talked about? The rich man and Lazarus. The rich man... 
did not heed the word of God. He did not put the word to flesh. He did not allow it to birth in him a heart of compassion, which is what the whole scriptures are about, having a heart of compassion, to have pity on someone like our Father has had pity on us. I'm not telling you to live irresponsibly. Mm-hmm. Follow the voice of your father. Amen. There was another gentleman that was asking for help, had some issues. He said that he had called seven or eight people. Nobody answered. And he was so thankful that I answered the phone. Mm-hmm. Sister, when you said that you just dipped your feet and your toes in the water, that's exactly the vision that I had. Guys, if, if you're not awake, it's time to wake up. Yeah, if you don't know what's going on around the world, we don't live in fear, but listen to me. You see what's coming. And the vultures, they surround something that's dead. Mm-hmm. It is time that we wake up. Mm-hmm. And either, <clears throat> I don't know if it's the church that's dead <laughs> or if it's the nation that's dead. Well, the nation is dead. If you guys haven't seen it, it's dead. And we're the only hope. The Rhema word saved my life seven years ago. I knew God. I had been spoken to God. I have been delivered, set free, back again. But the Rhema word is what delivered me forever and began my relationship with him. That was the power that overcome. Knowing about him is not going to cut it. But if you will sit in this word and you will cry out, Mm. cry out for him. I'm telling you, man, I can't do this anymore, man. (laughs) I'm telling you what, Steve, I love you and I'm thankful for you, man. And I love you you guys, but I got to tell you guys, man, I've had it with church chairs, man. I just, and that's me, man. And let's sit in here and let's, but let's do something with this. I cannot, I've been here for seven going on eight years. I can't take it much more, man. I can't. I don't know what's happening. It may be me that needs to be changed, but it's going to change. Man, I can't do this anymore. We have got to move towards each other in community. I, I don't like stuff the way that things are as a man. I don't, a lot of these things don't happen for me. Like, like the building in his presence deal. You got me with the building and his presence. I want to build. I want to move. I'm a man. I want to do something. But when it comes to getting online and doing that and then talking like that, that's hard for me. But I'm, I'm cool with that. I joined the group. But then I got a setback because I went through there and I went. 84 members, 14 men and 70 women. Come on, man. Wow. Something's got to happen, man. Something's got to happen. something what is it what's it going to be <laughs> amen thank you so, amen he's talking about america i heard a pastor read this the other day a prophet actually revelation 3 i know your works you're neither cold nor hot And I would that you were rather cold or hot, so then because you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, I am wealthy, I have need of nothing, 
but you do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. How about that? So I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may actually be rich and white garments that you may be clothed and the shame of your nakedness not be revealed. Let me anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. And listen to this. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Change your mind. That's what Josh is saying. For behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and I'll fellowship with him and uh, him with me. And isn't that interesting? That was written to the church at Laodicea. So, Father, Lord, we just, again, bow our hearts to your word. We hear you loud and clear. We do not want the cloak of complacency anymore, whether you're man, woman, or child. It really doesn't matter. We want the cloak of intentionality and purpose. Lord, that we're here, made by you and for you. And Lord, we commit, not just here in this room, but Lord, we commit before each other. As Josh said, in community, in our small groups, in our circles, we commit, Lord, to just walk you out. To get into the Word. Bible revival. And that reading the Bible is how I listen to the Holy Spirit. It's how I connect with Christ. And it's how I do what you ask. So, Lord, here's our heart. Well spoken even to, Lord, by Michelle and what she said. We need that passion. We need that aggressiveness, Lord, to lay hold of your light, your life, and your word. In Jesus' name. Amen, everybody.